Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Elliot Harrison, he's going to be off for the next couple of weeks. He's on a vacation. So instead of doing our traditional power rankings and game picks, we decided to switch it up a little bit. We've got our friend, Chad Ryder who's been on the show several times before, go follow him on Twitter. It's, it's still at Chad underscore writer, correct? Correct. Yeah. So though this is a little bit of off season for Chad because the NFL draft doesn't pick up until, you know, January, February, but it's still college football season. We're still talking rookies. We brought Chad on to talk about some of the eight rookies who have impressed us so far. Chad, uh, let's get to some of the, the names that you have. And I want to start with your first one a wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Um, Matthew Stafford has found a problem-free philosophy this year, throwing to Puka Nakua. And, uh, you know, I, I, he's been, he's gotten over 30 targets, and I think the next guy in line is Tutu Atwell with, like, 17 or something like that. Nakua, who I listed, like, right after the draft last year, I named him as one of the guys that, as day three um, picks that could become starters during their rookie year because – I knew he was going to be reliable. He's going to be in the right place at the right time. And as simple as it sounds, being in the right place and catching the ball are still the two most important things for being a receiver. He's been tough after the catch. Uh, he's had a couple of drops, but a couple of them were pretty hard catches. He got he got credited with drops. Uh, that was kind of tough calls for him. But anyway, he, he's been um, amazing for them. He's been the lifeline of their offense. He's basically like a cross between a tight end and a receiver because he's always in the short yeah. area running those stop routes. Um, they're giving to him, you know, on uh, jet sweeps and stuff like that, just trying to get the ball in his hands because he's such a tough runner. And they don't have a ton of options around him. So what a great start to his career, and I'm really happy to see it. And you're probably wondering, how did a guy like Pukunakua fall to day three of the NFL draft when he was, I think he still is, he's Utah's all-time leading receiver in high school. It's because of injuries, right? He had a couple of years where he was banged up, just couldn't stay healthy. He transferred, was it from Washington, correct, to BYU? To BYU, um, yeah. Yeah, and had some, some decent numbers at BYU, but nothing crazy. But you're yeah. seeing when he's healthy why he's you know a really good player. I mean, he's not the biggest receiver. He's not the fastest receiver. He's just kind of one of these guys that goes out there and catches the ball and and sometimes those guys fall, you know, a little bit down. We'll talk a couple of the receivers that maybe fell a little bit just because of the number of 
really good receivers there are in college football nowadays. These yeah. guys can all go in the first round. Yeah. So uh, let's get to another receiver. Uh, this one's a guy that I picked out for us. It's Zay Flowers. Now, you and I both like Zay Flowers a lot coming out of Boston College. We weren't surprised that he's a first-round pick. So it feels a little cheating to put a first-round pick on this list. However, it's not that he's producing right away that's surprising to me. It's it's the movement skills. Like yeah. sometimes, Chad, when you're watching like on an NFL field, you can just be like, this guy moves differently uh, compared yeah. to these other really incredible athletes. And that's what I've seen from Zay Flowers. He just he moves at a different speed than everybody else does on the field. Yeah, and I think it was interesting because his sophomore year at Boston College, he looked great. And then his junior year kind of fell off a little bit, maybe nicked up a little bit. Then this last year, he really exploded on the scene, showed some of that quickness. But again, he didn't have an NFL quarterback throwing to him. And now that he has that, um, and there and that offense is made for these short throws and then the occasional, you know, get get deep. Uh, that really fits his skill set. He can do both. And Lamar's been waiting for a guy like this to show up on his roster for a long time. So it's been great to see him take advantage of the opportunity. And if he stays healthy, he's going to get to 1,000 yards this year, uh, maybe double-digit touchdowns. It's, it's going to be a great year for him. It took like a quarter to be like, you know, this is exactly what Lamar has been missing for the last yeah. five years, right? Like somebody who just gets open really quickly and then is so dynamic after the catch. I wonder, like, if we did a redraft of the first round, which never would obviously never happen. But like, yeah. how much higher does he go? Does he end up being a top twenty pick after everybody has gotten to see him play play a couple games? Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty in terms in terms of that. But the reason that he didn't go maybe as high is just because of size. Um, and and I think it's hard to pick a guy unless your name is Jaden Waddle. There's not been a lot of guys his size that have been picked that high. Yeah, um, and he wasn't in that conversation um necessarily coming Maybe into the draft yeah exactly and it, and you know we'll we'll see that you know these all these redrafts that are done after the fact you know it's it's great to great to have hindsight but uh you know raven's got a deal as they usually do this is not unusual yeah. for Baltimore. no not at all uh let's talk about another first round pick who has looked really really good through the first two weeks of the season christian gonzalez for the patriots yeah, you know, some of the talk and why he fell to the Patriots is because he's a soft player or something more athlete Get than football player. I don't Get I didn't understand it at the time, still don't. Um he comes in for a sack in the first game of the year, takes down Jalen Hurts. Uh look, he's a really good football player. They put him on Tyreek Hill, um, and he followed that dude around. And if you can do that, you're gonna be pretty good. And he made a really nice high point. Uh, interception uh, against two as well. He's going to be, and he's, I think he's played every defensive snap so far. So durable, athletic, big. I I don't know what more you want from a, from a, you know, a guy who probably should have been a top 10 pick. Will you be surprised? Like if by next year, he's already a top five corner in the NFL. Um, Top five. I'd have to think about that a little bit, but certainly, certainly top 10 and, and, you know, uh, Pushing at the door. Maybe it it just feels off. like once Belichick has like a full off season to work with yeah. him and get him involved in that scheme, like there's there's nothing missing in his game. He's long. He's athletic. He yeah. can play in the slot if you need him to. His feet right. are fantastic. I was trying to think of the corners that Belichick has had over the last couple of years, and this this is easily the most talented corner he's had since. Revis. Well, yeah, I mean. Wait, uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, he he hasn't had a lot of studs out there. 
Um, and I think that's why they they snapped him up as quick as they could when uh, when he was available. And it's it's perfect because in that division, when you're going to be covering Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and yeah. Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs and Garrett Wilson, like you better have really good corners. And I think they do now that they've got Christian Gonzalez, Marcus Jones playing in the slot. Jack Jones is one of the opposite corners. I just yeah. this is we talked about this as soon as the draft was over. Like this is one of our favorite kind of fits after the first round of the yeah. draft and everything we've seen so far, everything suggests that he's going to be a superstar in the NFL. You know what's going to help him the most is if the offense actually starts doing something and getting them some rest, and that defense is going to be better, including Gonzalez. So if they can yeah. get the offense going, that's going to make the, the whole team better and, and uh, Gonzalez. Because chasing after those receivers all day, I mean, no. I can't imagine chasing no. after Hill for an entire game. I could last 30 seconds. So uh, it's amazing uh, It's amazing that he, he could do what he did. All right, let's move on to a, another first-round pick. We just keep going higher and higher up in the first round. Right. Bijan Robinson. Now, you know my thoughts, Chad, on drafting running backs inside the top 10. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't love this pick at the time because it just felt like, Atlanta, you're still so far away. Why take a running back here? But uh, I, some you know, some uh, some hindsight here for me a little bit. I, I think I think Bijan's really, really good, yeah. really good. And yeah. you pair him with this offensive line. Uh, I got to capitulate a little bit on this one. I I, I think I'm wrong. I think Bijan's going to be a superstar. Well, look, one of one of the reasons you hesitate about that is because of the attrition at that position, right? Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and we don't know what's going to happen with that going down the line. So I wouldn't say that you're wrong yet. I mean, you might have said Zeke Elliott was worth that pick, you know, right out Early of the yeah. then Right. So, but that said, um, you know, I put that guy high immediately. I just knew he was going to be a top 10 pick. He's a special player. Well, His, here's I just what I'm going to be wrong about. Here's what I'm going to be wrong about. I yeah. I love again. You and I talked about Brees Hall on the show last yep. year before the draft. I love Brees Hall. I thought he was one of the best running back prospects I've seen in a long time. And I said, if Brees Hall goes in the second round, I don't understand why Bijan Robinson should be a top ten pick. There's not a thirty spot difference between the two, and this mm-hmm. isn't a knock on Brees Hall at all. But the way that Bijan moves is just different. It is different. It is, and and I think. You see that open field uh, agility and his vision to see the second or third guy coming before he even makes his cut is special. And I just saw something on Twitter where they had a special camera above the field and they put the ball in the center and you see and you see Bijan moving between the Packers. I'm like, that's why I thought he was special. He's an offensive weapon, whatever you want to call it. I mean. I've said for a couple of years now, we're going positionless football, and that's what we're doing. He's going to line out wide. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to do all kinds of things, and that's why he's special. And um, the Falcons, you know, uh, they they like picking those those offensive playmakers, and I can't blame them. Um, if Desmond Ritter becomes a great quarterback or if they pick another quarterback because he doesn't make it and he's got all these guys around him when he steps in, yeah, that's a recipe for success down the road. So um, I love that pick. I love to see him doing what he's doing. I will also say I've got Bijan Robinson in a lot of my fantasy teams, and I'm always so frustrated that he's not getting more touches because yeah. I, you saw Tyler Algier had right. 15 carries in week one and had the two rushing touchdowns. But I think the goal, if the goal is to not have him be Ezekiel Elliott, where he's basically done after exactly. year three, 
this does make sense because Tyler Algier is a, I don't know, what do you want to call him? A above average NFL running back. He's a he solid did. starter. Yeah. Put him in the red zone. He's going to get red zone touchdown. It's, that's the way it's going to be if you're, I don't really play fantasy much, but that's what I tell people if they ask me. It's like, Algier's going to get some red zone touches, goal line touches. That's the way it's going to be. But Robinson can do a lot of things in between yeah. the tens, and he's going to score a fair amount on his own on big plays at, at some point. So, yeah, I mean, it, you just kind of have to live with that and just know you have one of the better backs in the league. And I don't want to compare these two players to each other, but the situation reminds me a little bit of when the Vikings drafted Adrian Peterson. Like, everybody wanted Adrian Peterson to be the guy, but they had – Chester Taylor, who was a really, yeah. really good back. So yeah. instead of just giving Peterson all these touches right away, they kind of eased him in. And it feels like that's what Atlanta's trying to do right now. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You want to keep him fresh, right? You want this is a team that they expect to to win that. I mean, the Falcons expect to win that division. It's a wide should. open division. So, so if they if they keep doing what they're doing and they give him 12, 15 touches a game right now in different ways, by the end of the year, he's still fresh. He, he's not banged up. I mean, it's it's a smart move. I can't imagine what Bijan's going to look like when we get to December and defenses are worn down and he's still really fresh. He's going to look absolutely incredible. Uh, let's go to another player, a uh, certain wide receiver from SMU. Yeah, Rashid White, uh, Rice from uh, from Kansas City. I really like what I saw him in the preseason. Um, he's had a couple drops, but I think in terms of a guy that, that Patrick Mahomes is going to feed on, look, Kadarius Tony kind of bounced back a little bit last week, but week one was not great. And and with Travis Kelsey out that week, it really hurt that offense. And if Tony does that again, um, Rice is going to step right into that role and being that that guy that if if Kelsey's doubled and you look the other way, Rice is going to be there. And not only is he going to make the catch, but he's also going to break through a bunch of that. That's what I loved about him coming out. I had mocked him late in the first round to kind of get his name out there a little bit because he's so good after the catch running through. He's uh, separating at, right after the catch at the top of his route. He's really good at a lot of things. And, and I think, um, I think even Travis Kelsey said after the draft on, on a podcast, like he loved Rasheed Rice. And, and I think you're starting to see that. And as the season goes on, depending on what goes on with Tony and Sky Moore and some other guys, Mahomes is going to really start a leaning on Rice a little bit more in that offense. And it's he's, you know, he's going to have a really good year. It feels like only a matter of time before Rashi Rice is kind of like the number one receiver. The number one wide receiver, not target, but like the number one receiver on this team. And even that, I mean, that we can make up definitions of what a number one receiver is. But to me, it's like I could see by January, he being the guy like on third and seven who Patrick Mahomes goes to if he doesn't throw to Travis Kelsey, just because I love his size. I love his athleticism after the catch. And I love the fact that he can play on the outside or in the slot, which Kansas City hasn't done a ton of yet, but it's coming. Yeah, and they, and you know they're going to give him the ball uh, as a runner as well. I mean, they're going to use him again. He, this is this thing about just using their guys as much as possible to keep defenses off guard. He can do a little bit of all that stuff. And yeah, he doesn't run the the fastest forty, but um, he makes plenty of plays. And uh, and I think you're right. I think he's going to be that that number two or number th- well, he's probably already the number three target, but probably, maybe the yeah. number two target yeah. behind Kelsey before too long. Uh, all right, I want to talk about another Patriots defender, uh, Chad. And this this one's funny for me because I did not love Keon White as a draft prospect as much as other people did. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. as soon as he got drafted by New England, it's like, oh, now I I really like him. And it's not just right. because New England drafted him, because New England's drafted a lot of busts before. But there are situations and times where players just go into the ideal spot. And I that's think right. that's key on White here. He has been so disruptive for New England. I, I've been shocked at how impressive he's been for the first two games. Yeah, no, he he. They let him do what he does, which is overwhelm offensive linemen with his size and power, and that's what he does. They they didn't try to make him into some guy that bends the corner or something right. like that. They let him do what he does. You know, Trey Flowers, uh, guys like that, and that and that Dietrich offense excelled for years, right? Yeah. Or in that defense, excuse me, has excelled for years. That's why White fits there so well. And that's why in the draft, uh, that's really important that a guy f- goes into a situation where he's set up to succeed. And obviously the Patriots are that situation for a guy like White, um, who, for example, if he goes to a 3-4 team, maybe plays 5-tech for him and is solid, but he doesn't make quite as much of an impact, maybe well, putting a little more inside. You know, I'll give you a, a perfect other example. Tyree Wilson was the number seven pick by the Raiders uh, in the first round. Now he's having to start as a wide nine defensive end because of some Chandler Jones stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And Tyree Wilson is really struggling. He has one pressure on 100 snaps with the Raiders. It's just he's not the type of guy that you want way outside because he wins right. with power. You right. really want him being like head up on a guard or on a tackle, just using his power. That's a bad situation for Tyree Wilson. And now you're seeing Keon White, who we both had further down on our boards, be more productive right away. Right. And, and it's not like Tyree can't get there. No, no. Certainly, it's just certainly it's going to be an adjustment period for him. And, um, you know, it's funny when you look at stats and, and stuff like that, when you've got Wilson, you've got this guy named Max Crosby on the other <laughs> side. Yeah. He's going to build up a lot of the pressures and sacks and stuff like that. And, and there's not going to be necessarily a lot left over for, for Wilson and others. But I think, I think he will get there eventually because he did play, you know, he stood up at Texas tech and he did some of the things on the outside, but, but you're right. That's not what I envisioned his role to be in, 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 uh, in the NFL playing way outside the way outside the tackle like that and trying to explode into the back. That's, that's not what he is. All right, let's go to another receiver in the uh, AFC West. Who you got? Marvin Mims. Now, he got two targets last week for the Broncos. One of them was a huge touchdown. Okay. Get the ball to Marvin Mims. It's not difficult. All right. It's not a now after the game, they did ask the reporters did ask Peyton why he only got those two targets early and that was it. And he said it was dictated by coverages and and personnel groupings and things like that. Whatever they're doing, they need to change it to get the ball to Marvin Mims. And you and I discussed him before the draft. I remember you asked me, what am I missing about Marvin Mims? Why isn't he more? You're not missing anything about Marvin Mims. He's one of these guys that we mentioned earlier, not a pretty slight build, not very tall, but he is a deep threat. You can get him the ball in space. He's exactly the kind of receiver that is excelling in the NFL right now. And I just think he's going to have a fantastic career. Once Tim Patrick went down for that team, it was Marvin Mims time on that offense. You got Cortland Sutton, who's going to, get a lot of coverage, got a lot of looks. You got to get the ball to Mims because I think he's explosive and it's going to be once they've figured that out finally, and Sean Payton isn't always big in rookies, but once they get that going, then uh, I think he's going to be really fantastic. Yeah, I've got no doubt that Marvin Mims is going to be really good for Denver. Uh, You think about Sean Sean Payton's first draft pick with the Broncos. 
He traded up to go get Marvin Mims. They didn't have a first-round pick. They're low on draft capital anyways. They go up and they get Marvin Mims, despite having Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton on a second contract, Tim Patrick on a second contract. Sean Payton wanted this guy on his team. And even though there's... He's not getting a ton of targets and snaps right now. You can see his impact. Like he is yeah. a good, good player. And I think it's only a matter of time before he becomes the number two receiver on this offense. And maybe even by next year, we see him start to get maybe one B targets behind Jerry Judy. Well, and look, they, there was all this talk about the Broncos trading receivers, which of course didn't really materialize as much as people yeah. thought. And that might have just got pushed back a year. Yeah, that, yeah, that exactly. might happen next year. Instead. I won't be surprised. There's just and, to be, no and to be fair, Mims was hurt in yeah. the summer, so you know. But but I think he's showing he's healthy. Let's get him the ball. I, I'm just there's no way that by this time next year, Marvin Mims is playing behind both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Like yeah, no, he's either going to beat out one of those guys, or one of those guys is going to be gone. Like there's just yeah. it's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more name that I want to mention uh, from the Lions, but before we do that. We both felt like we need to at least name Jalen Carter, who's been as yeah. good as what we saw at Georgia. Uh, what have you seen from him? Yeah, I, you know, I got so involved with the receivers when I was thinking of these names that I, I unfortunately left the offensive and defensive linemen kind of out. But you got to mention Jalen Carter. All he does is explode through the line, even if he doesn't get sacks, even if he doesn't get tackles. He's a force on every play, and that's what you knew you were going to get from him once yep. you got past the off-field stuff. And, um, look, that's what he's going to be, and he's going to have fantastic gear for these guys. It's a lot of fun. And on the offensive line, I'm just going to say Peter Skaronsky, he missed last week because of illness. But good. you just I, – I I wanted him to go to Tennessee so bad, and I put him in so many mock drafts there because I just knew he was going to be great there. And I just – I think after that first week and what you've seen in the preseason – Derek Henry is just going to run behind that guy yeah. for many, many yards this year. So yep. those guys we needed to mention at least. Uh, the last guy here for me is Sam Laporta, the tight end for the Lions. Um, I, I, I almost get a tear in my eye when I talk about Sam Laporta because I love him so much. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have him as my number one tight end in this class. I didn't even have him as my number two tight end in this class. And sometimes you see these guys in the field and you really – regret not having them higher yeah so yeah is just, he's a perfect fit for the lions and I, I i think i think he's going to be a much better fit in that offense than what tj hawkinson ever was and it might only be a matter of you know a year before we see that play out yeah i and again that's another team that uh you know especially if a, a monroe st brown is out for any particular time they don't have a ton of you know jameson williams we're not sure about him yet they need a reliable tight end but Laporta can be a little bit more than that. He's oh, yeah. got some athleticism, so he he can make plays as well. So they kind of got a twofer on that one. And his blocking's been pretty good. And that was another question about him. Yeah. So if he can do that and they can run behind Montgomery, um, they can they can do a lot. They were my pick to pick the, to win the NFC North. And that was one of those picks that I'm like, okay, perfect fit for them. And and he they really needed a guy like that. And it's playing out really nicely right now. Yeah, and you mentioned the blocking. It's one of the reasons why I didn't love him as much as some of the other tight ends in this class, but he doesn't have to be a great blocker. Just be a functional blocker, Yeah, uh, and and you'll be fine. You can play a lot of two tight end sets, but I just – you watch him, and he gets open so easily, and he's so good after the catch. And once he starts to figure things out, 
a little bit more and learns how to settle into soft spots of the zone. I won't be surprised if he's somebody who's getting five, six catches every week because yeah, Chad, he's just open all the time. Right. And if Goff, I mean, it's, it just comes down to the foot. Uh, as he gets more um, in tune with Jared Goff, he's going to look for him more. Yeah, um, absolutely. But again, St. Brown, if he's on the field, that's going to be where the ball's going to go, right? And it should. That's because he's that good. But, you know, if he, when he gets banged up, then is going to come in. There's always going to be times where he's going to need to step up. And, and you know, like all these guys, they're only two weeks in and they're showing out already. So there's, you know, there's the sky's the limit for that yeah. for that team. So far through two games, and I know it's only two games. You can't overreact to what you've seen so far, but... I've been really impressed by just this entire rookie class. There's a lot of rookies that are playing big roles already in the NFL. I can't wait to see who else breaks out this year. We want to thank Chad for coming on to the Power Ranking Show, filling in for Elliot. Much, much better looking, by the way. Oh, come on, please. Uh, It's just a little shot. I follow Chad on Twitter, at Chad underscore writer. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you back next week. Elliot, still be out. We've got a special show. Make sure you tune in for that.